Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hey, it's Monique. Welcome back to the podcast or welcome if this is your first time listening. This is the Brown Vegan Podcast, episode 167. And with this show, I love to present veganism from a practical perspective to help everyday people go vegan in a way that feels good to them. I also love to share overall wellness topics and vegan entrepreneurship topics because this is truly a lifestyle. You can find out more about what I do and how I do it at brownvegan.com. And also be sure to come hang out with me on Instagram. I'm at Brown Vegan over there. So yes, I hope you're having an amazing day. Thank you so much for tuning in. Before we get into today's conversation, y'all know what I got to do. I have to shout out one of our listeners, one of our listeners who left a comment in a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Her name on here is at B and the title of her review is Great Show. Her review says, You should subscribe to get great information on living a better lifestyle. Recent episodes about finances and meal planning were really helpful. Thank you so much, B, for leaving that review. If you are enjoying the show, please follow suit and go over to Apple Podcasts, search Brown Vegan, scroll down, give the show five stars, and then leave a review and tell me what you're enjoying about the show. What do you want to hear more of? It's a great way for me to get feedback, and it's also an amazing way to support the show for free. So definitely go and do that. So I am so excited for today's guest because I absolutely love her food. In this episode, I am chatting with the owner of A Piece of Soul Vegan Kitchen in Columbia, South Carolina. If you live near Columbia, if you're traveling through Columbia, definitely make sure you stop through and get some food from Paloma Jeter's restaurant. I just ate there earlier this month and I will be back next month for my sister's birthday and I'm going to be eating some more food. In our conversation, we chat about how and why she transitioned to vegan life after growing up as a vegetarian, being vegan in the South, behind the scenes of starting and growing her restaurant and trying to find more life and work balance while owning a restaurant. We know that that's a hard industry to find some type of, you know, sense of work-life balance. And so we're talking about that in this episode. Be sure to follow A Piece of Soul on Instagram to get updates to order food. It's 100% vegan, of course. They have a food truck. They offer catering. Their Instagram is Piece of Soul SC for South Carolina. I'll make sure I'll link to them for you as well. And so, yes, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into the conversation. So I was actually raised vegetarian. My parents stopped eating meat before they had me. And so I've never actually eaten meat. And so it was it was an easy choice for me to make to kind of transition from vegetarian because we did eat dairy and we did eat eggs. I never really cared for eggs, but, you know, somebody will bake a cake or something and there'll be eggs in it. So 
raised vegetarian, became vegan probably right after college. And, you know, that's kind of been my ride ever since. So it wasn't a big, big transition for me. It's just kind of what I'm accustomed to eating anyway. Wow. Okay. I didn't realize you were raised vegetarians. How did that look as far as like socially as a kid? <laughs> because this is this is not like being vegetarian today. Oh, it's not like being vegetarian in 2022. That's why I want to know how it was growing up as a vegetarian. <laughs> you hit the nail on the head. I was the weird kid at the table with the pita bread sandwich and <laughs> peanut butter and bananas and apple juice and just, you know, when When you say I don't eat meat, that shocks people or rather not anymore. But when I was growing up, that was the like, what? Like the teachers didn't quite get it. (laughs) The students didn't quite get it. I was just kind of out there by myself. But it wasn't, you know, everybody was kind, just more curious, you know. And, And the first question is, well, what do you eat? As if there aren't a million things to eat outside of meat. But yeah, it was. It, it certainly wasn't trendy like it is now. I was probably the only vegetarian for my first, I would say, eight years of like, you know, actual school. When I got to high school, there was probably, you know, one or two of us. And then as, as the years went by of, of high school, you know, kids that age kind of make those decisions for themselves. Like even if your whole family's eating whatever, like there'll be one kid that's like, you know what? I'm not going to eat meat anymore. (laughs) I'm going to be a vegetarian mom. (laughs) Just Mm -hmm. order cheese pizzas for me. So, you know, slowly but surely I noticed that I wasn't the only vegetarian in the room. And then college, of course, is just, you know, lots, lots Uh, more. Yeah. Way more open-minded. You know, what's funny to me is like when you're when you're a vegetarian and you hear that, you're like, man, there's a million things to eat. But when you're not one, you're like, what are you eating? So I get that. And it's so funny you mentioned the cheese pizza because when I was a vegetarian, I was like, well, at least I can still eat cheese pizza and ice cream. So <laughs> Exactly. All is not lost. Right. So, yeah, you said college was when you decided to become a vegan. So when was that time? Somewhere around 96, 97 was when I transitioned to vegan completely. And I was working at like a little natural foods market and it just was, it was just easier. And it, you know, of course, so for me, like I said, eggs weren't ever really a big thing for me. I never really liked eggs, but the cheese boy, that cheese is the one that will hold you into the vegetarian game the longest. At least I think so, because cheese is delicious. You just have to make the choice to not eat it, you know? And so that was the that was the last thing for me was just not eating the cheese. And at the time, like 96, 97, we had some vegan alternatives for cheese. Really? Wow. Listen, but they were not delicious. (laughs) So it's cardboard, right? (laughs) Yeah, it was like there weren't any at all. But you just find other things to eat and other things to enjoy. So it was one of those things that I just decided, okay, that's, you know, you, you, I don't eat meat. So the next thing that makes sense is to just stop eating the dairy also. And then, of course, when you hear about or rather when you learn about factory farming, it's just the way that animals are treated, especially in the dairy industry, it's, it's just not worth it for me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's an amazing reason not to do it. Man, so you had the cardboard cheese. Oh, wait, wait. So this is probably what the days when you had the soy milk and the cartons. It wasn't even like refrigerated, right? Well, it was... It, we we ha- there were there was soy milk and it was refrigerated but there weren't as nearly as many brands as there are today 
and very few how this thing changed. Yeah, (laughs) very few. You know, just chain grocery stores would carry it. So, you know, you it was few and far between. Like we spent a lot of time at the natural food store that kind of had everything that we needed because you're just not going to find everything that you need or most of the things that you need in the regular grocery store. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I know that, of course, you are an amazing cook because oh, I absolutely you. love your food. We're gonna, we getting into that in a little bit. <laughs> thank you. Do, but you, because you grew up vegetarian, and of course, at that time, there was really not probably as many options with fast food. I mean, you could have them make adjustments and you could still, like you said, eat cheese and things like that. But did you always cook or is that something that came when you decided to become a vegan? Well, so the what prompted my parents to stop eating meat certainly was the health aspect of being vegetarian, right? And so we weren't ever really big on fast food anyway. I think Bur- Burger King probably had like a, a Whopper Junior, which was a bun and lettuce and cheese and tomatoes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so just pretty much a lettuce sandwich. I do recall that being available and I never really wanted it. But French fries, you know, of course, was the go-to fast food vegan option. There there really wasn't much else. Like that's, just, you can get some fries and you can get them, but you can't get them from McDonald's because, you know, of course the beef tallow that they dip them in. Most of the fast food restaurants down South would definitely have like a fry on the menu, but that was, that's the size of it. So yeah, we ended up like both of my parents cooked. And so, you know, I was just accustomed to eating at home anyways, especially when, you know, you just know that there isn't going to be a satisfactory alternative when you go out. So it just made sense to stay in. Yeah. And enjoy the food. Oh, so you always did a little bit of cooking yourself then, it sounds like, or watched them and picked up on what they did and kind of did your own thing. Absolutely. Yeah. That's how it went. Man, oh man. Let's talk about being vegan in (laughs) the South. Okay. So I have not been vegan as nearly as long as you, but I've been doing this since 2011. And I remember when I would do road trips with my family. And we would go down south and I would be like, what in the hell? <laughs> like, there is nothing, <laughs> nothing to eat. So how has that been for you as far as I know that, you, of course, you do a lot of cooking at home. Has it been issues finding some of the replacements as you? I know these days it may be a little easier for you, but in those early days, was it harder for you to find what you needed outside of the health food stores? Or how did that look as far as overall being vegan in the South? Whatever you want to share about that. Yeah. So I was, I, I am from Columbia, South Carolina, and I've only lived one other place. And that was like a, around the corner in Charlotte, North Carolina. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm a Southern girl to the core. So for me, you come to accept it. And because we were vegan or rather vegetarian so early on, it was the tofu and the tempeh that I was used to eating anyway. So not a lot of alternatives, even on the market, to even consider. So, you know, a veggie burger would have to do. And tofu and tempeh, of course, were always accessible at our, you know, local health food stores. And then, of course, eventually the larger chains kind of caught on and started bringing more vegetarian and vegan alternatives in. So I am just kind of lucky in the the fact that I've, I'm from here and I know what to expect. So I'm never shocked that I can't find something. I, I can, you know, I've, I've always, I've already thought about what I need to do <laughs> to make it make sense. Because 
you know, you're going to have to put together this little salad off of this menu if you have to, because that's, you know, that's just really going to be it. You can't trust the, you know, they'll be like, oh, no, we have rice, but they've cooked the rice and chicken stock or something. You know what I mean? That really yeah. eliminates it as an option. And I feel like it's times 10 in the South. You know, it's just times 10, like things that don't need to be. Yeah. Like you said, the stock did not need to be chicken or beef or whatever. <laughs> right. just did vegetables. It's like times 10, everything's smothered, fried, yeah. just unnecessary. You gotta sprinkle a little pork in it to make it right, you know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's just times 10. So yeah, that's why I was just curious about that. As far as your grocery shopping, what, what, store, what chains do you like down there in Colombia? Down here. So Kroger has been the one who has has had at least a small section of natural foods for the longest that I can remember. They always have like, you know, a, a small little health food section that you can go in and grab tofu and things of that nature. But I prefer a Trader Joe's or a Earth Fair and Whole Foods, certainly when, you know, if I need something specific that I can't get anywhere else, they usually have it. Yeah. Do you, are you near anything like uh, Whole Foods and Trader Joe's? Is that, I'm sure you are because you're in Colombia. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're there. But either of them is probably about 15, 20 minutes away from me. Yeah. yeah. That's not too bad. Mm-hmm. That's not too bad. No. Especially if you just, you know, plan out and go there, you know, every other week or so to get the things you can't get at the other stores. Exactly. Yeah. And because That's I, helpful. because I, you know, because this is my job, like I cook all the time. I'm always in a grocery store. So it, it, the drive doesn't even, you know what I mean? It doesn't even occur to me. No, I, I have to go get it. I got to have it for tomorrow. So, you know, you just kind of go get it. Okay. Because you're cooking for other people all day, but are you cooking for yourself at the house? No, right? <laughs> Very rarely. <laughs> Yeah, I figured you were right. Yeah. I knew it because I was like, "Yeah, it's just so much effort that you have oh. to make sure everybody else is enjoying this good exactly. vegan food." Exactly, the <laughs> exhaustion sets in once I step foot in my house, and it's like, oh, "Okay, no, we're gonna lay down now." <laughs> so. Okay. <laughs> we got to talk. This is why I wanted you on here. I'm just so, so excited to have you on here. I really, really want to talk about a piece of soul vegan kitchen, which has made, yes, it has amazing food. When I posted you on stories, several people was like, oh yeah, when I, every time I go to <laughs> Columbia, I got to, I got to slide through real quick. So let me tell you how I found out about you. And then of course I want to talk more about your story and how you run your business and your menu and all of those good things. But I went to visit my sister who lives in Lexington. And before I came down, she she mentioned that, oh, I went to this, I went to this, I think a workshop or something she went to. And they had this, this restaurant was selling food there. The food was so good. When you come, you should come, you know, come visit. And actually, I ain't gonna lie. I was actually surprised that it was a vegan storefront, like restaurant <laughs> in Lexington, right? Because like I told you, every time I go down south, it'll be a whole bunch for me, right? Yeah. And so I was like, really? In Lexington, really? And she was like, yes, girl, you got it. She said, it's black on the food is good. I was like, okay, cool. Aww. Let me tell you, I ate at your restaurant three times and I was only there a week. (laughs) (laughs) Your chicken sandwich is the best vegan chicken sandwich I've ever had. It is so good. Yes. And my other sister was there and she was just like, oh yeah, this food is good. The macaroni cheese, the greens. And then I know you have the rotating with the crab cakes and just all of the fun stuff that we like to eat. But of course it's vegan. And so... Let's go ahead and start from the beginning. Like what made you decide to open a brick and mortar? Because in this day and age, a lot of times people are selling things online and they kind of just 
that's it. But I just know from opening a brick of water that there's probably so much work that goes into it. So what made you decide to open a restaurant? Oh my, yes. So so it was an, another one of those things that kind of, you know, like vegetarianism kind of fell in my lap. My dad actually opened a restaurant. This was probably his second or third. Yeah, probably second restaurant venture. He had a Caribbean restaurant initially that and they actually sold meat. So there was some, I think, some fish and maybe some chicken on the menu at his very first restaurant. And then the second one he opened in 2005 as Lamb's Bread Vegan Cafe in the very same building that I'm in now. Of course, I've since renovated, but same same building. So 2005. Yeah, yeah. 2005. He was kind of a trailblazer in that regard because... Aside from Atlanta, because they've had the Soul Veg restaurants, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but they're they're it's a, it's a Hebrew Israelite group, and they have yeah yeah so they have a couple of locations everywhere. But down south, that was the only 100% vegan cafe that you know was in the area until my dad opened up in 2005. Wow. Yeah. So you know, first 100% vegan restaurant in Columbia, for sure. And in most of the Southeast, like I said, with the exception of Atlanta. Mm -hmm. So he opened in 2005. And I kind of, you know, worked here off and on for a little bit, kind of went and did my thing in the corporate world. Didn't love it. And Mm -hmm. in 2014, I actually had the option to purchase the restaurant. He had some other things going on. And he was just kind of, you know, over this one in particular. And so I bought it and never really knew I wanted to do this, you know, but it it just kind of came naturally and it, it, it felt good. And after the first year we were received really, really well, you know, of course we had, my dad had already established the restaurant in 05 and it had lasted through 2014, but you know, me kind of taking the reins and feeding the people the food that I prepare and things of that nature, that was it was beautiful to see that people actually were still on board. And again, as you mentioned, I'm down south, so vegan is not the first thing you think of by any means. It wasn't as hard of a sale as I thought it would be to a lot of folks. Like people still came to see us because it's good food, even if you aren't vegan. Like I, I don't I think a very large percentage of our customers aren't even vegan. So Wow, I love it. There's that. Yeah, I think that people's introduction to even though people eat vegan food all the time, they eat rice, they eat apples, things like that. But when they think of a whole vegan meal, the introduction has to be like yours. Yeah. I, it needs to be like yours. <laughs> it needs to just be good, good food so that people are like, oh, okay, maybe I can do this. So does you notice that because a lot of the people that come and enjoy your food, is there like a level of education that has to go into it? Like, do people ask what things are made out of or anything like that? Or do they ask additional questions about like how to shift? Do you notice that that's something else you have to do? All the time. Yes, ma'am. Okay. That is that okay. along with the plate, there is a probably 15 minute discussion. <laughs> you know what I mean? And 40 percent of it is, you know, them needing me to convince them that it's OK to eat, you know. So they're kind enough to come into the doors, but some of them are still skeptical. But, you know, I'm always happy to share without being pushy, of course. Like if you if you've at least considered it enough to come inside, I can explain, you know, what it is that, you know, the, the, the biggest question is, well, if it's not me, what is it? 
That's why I was gonna ask. That's why I wanted to know. People asking what is it made out of. <laughs> exactly. So customarily our proteins are gonna be soy based or wheat based or a combination of both. Occasionally we use a pea protein or something of that nature, but you know, just you you have to point out to people things that that perhaps they just didn't know because if you've been eating fast food burgers then you've been eating a veggie burger with a little bit of you know hamburger sprinkled in because <laughs> they you know that's what they kind of use to stretch out the meat is soy right and so it's not as foreign as you think you know it's something that chances are you've been enjoying already and people don't necessarily eat meat for the taste of raw meat like the reason meat tastes good evidently is because of the seasonings that are put on there absolutely so let's cut out the middleman just keep the seasonings and the, you know and the plants and you know enjoy a good meal It's Monique hopping in to tell you about one of my favorite brands of cookies and to let you know how you can save some money when you try them for yourself. Shout out to Maxine's Heavenly for sponsoring this episode of the show. I've told you about them before and I'm gonna keep talking about them because they make delicious gluten-free cookies that will satisfy any sweet tooth without a million ingredients. Maxine's Heavenly cookies are naturally sweetened using ingredients like dates and coconut sugar. They have two lines of delicious cookies to choose from. From their super soft line of cookies, my favorites are the peanut butter chocolate chunk and snickerdoodle. And from their crispy line, I would say that my all-time favorite out of all the cookies has to be the chocolate chip. It's like the perfect ratio of chocolate chips and crunch. Ugh, my favorite. I think you'll love those. For a generous 25% discount, all you have to do is head over to MaxinesHeavenly.com and use the discount code BROWNVEGAN to save some money on your first purchase. Once again, that is MaxinesHeavenly.com, discount code BROWNVEGAN as one word. I'll also be sure to link them in the show notes for this episode as well as the blog posts to make it easy for you to click through and purchase. Let's talk about the soy. Do you do you kind of because it sounds like you kind of get some pushback because some people don't think that soy is good for us. Yeah. Right. So do you get a lot of that? Because let me tell you, some in my opinion, some of the best alternatives are made out of soy. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that people hate are against soy. Yeah. But it really is like that is the one that tastes this most similar to what a lot of us are used to when it comes to like burgers and, and chicken sandwiches and things like that. So what are people usually saying that they don't want to try the food because of the soy or what What are you hearing the most from? Again, I'm a restaurant that's kind of for the transitioning. So a yes. serious hardcore vegan who's just eating whole grains and, you know, salads will probably come and just grab like a four sides veggie plate from me. Right. The transitioners, the people who were just eating Popeye's yesterday are going to have a fried chicken sandwich or or, the, or just the vegans who aren't necessarily in it for health. They're in it because they, you know, they, they don't want to be cruel to animals or for, you know, what whatever reason they aren't like super, super, super strict. Like just uh, the, the regular average vegan doesn't mind some vegan comfort food, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, so I don't get pushback necessarily from that part of the of the, the customer base. And really, even the people who choose not to eat soy aren't overly aggressive about it. They just don't choose that option. You know, we always have several options on the menu for that are soy free. And I, I understand both sides of the argument. 
And I actually grew up eating, you know, like I said, tofu and tempeh. So I'm not adverse to soy, but Mm -hmm. I do understand that there are some people who choose not to eat it. And so I always make sure I have an alternative, you know? Yeah, you're very clear about your lane, which I love. You know who you are in Columbia for. Like you said, you are for the transitioners. I love that when (laughs) when the clarity is there like that. Because then when you do hear some other things that you don't necessarily agree with, then it doesn't even matter because it's not for you. Exactly, exactly. I love that. One of the things too that I love, and I mentioned this to you about this before, I love your actual building. I love how it's the how it's painted. Aww. So tell us like about like the design of it. First of all, I felt very welcoming every time I went in there to get my plate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the staff was always nice, yeah. ordering my food online and going to pick it up, and it was ready. And I just love, I just love, yes, absolutely. And I love how you know how you're building looks like it's you painted the brick is it brick white right it white. is brick yeah. white yeah it sure is so what made you yeah what made you just dis- like did any what thoughts went into as far as your design and grab and go and how you have everything set up after I bought it in 2014 kind of relaxed into the role for a couple of years in 2017 we decided to rebrand I was like you know I, I want this restaurant to represent me it looks like it's a you know it's it's going to be a long-term career for me so changed the name to a piece of soul and started a renovation project of the whole building which it's funny, looked nothing like it did before. The outside of the building was like a red brick and there were a, there was a yellow and green awning. It was it was very busy and we had beautiful, you know, like almost a museum full of artifacts inside. And all of that's great, but I'm more of a minimalist. So, you know, I, I didn't want a lot of distraction. I just, listen, here's the menu. Here's a beautiful mural that we have. Some important words about what we're serving here and the menu. And that is that is the size of it. So I, I went with a more minimalistic approach. So a plain white building with, um, you know, our black and white logo draws your attention to the fact that we are a piece of soul vegan kitchen and that we're 100% plant-based. And, you know, that's, that's what works for me. Let's take away all the distraction. Let's focus on this food. And, you know, which means now I got to make sure it's amazing because I don't have any. Because you don't have distraction. Absolutely. No gimmicks, right? It got to be good. Exactly. Exactly. So that was kind of my thinking. Let's minimize all of the outside, you know, and let's just make the food be the focus. Absolutely. And and you have achieved that goal. Let me tell you. (laughs) So, yes, of course. So you got to tell us, too, as far as the renovation process and rebranding, did that take longer than you expected or how did that look for you? Oh, my. Much longer than, than I ever expected. But it was kind of a blessing in disguise. So it began probably early 2018. The contractors and it just seemed like the the project will be done in a couple months. They were like, okay, so fall 2018, you know, you should be back in and, you know, everything should be fine. So I was like, hmm, well, what do I do for these, you know, six to eight months? And I decided to buy a food truck, excuse me, food trailer. And I was like, you know, there are all these vegan festivals that, you know, in the Southeast that I haven't had a chance to get to. Or when I did get to them, I was just I just had a tent and tables. And that can be a little cumbersome traveling. The renovation ended up taking from 2018 until 2020. (laughs) Right. So all all two years. (laughs) Yeah, all two years. But during that time we were able to take the food truck and we did like this tour of the Southeast to all of the vegan festivals. 
which increased the brand recognition by like leaps and bounds. Like folks in Asheville love the food, folks in Atlanta, Charleston, Charlotte, like, you know, we hit every little city that was, you know, close enough to, we've been driving distance and hit those vegan festivals. And, and we just had a ball. Like it was beautiful seeing the food be received by people who, you know, had no idea who we were. So that was kind of the blessing in disguise. While the renovation took forever, we were able to kind of get out on the road and, and you know, take some food to the people. Yeah. And that explains why when I posted it on social media, people who don't live in Colombia was like, when I go through, I slide, I slide over there because like you said, that brand awareness is there. People yeah. knew that you're, you, where you're located and you know how it is with us vegans. We know where all the food is. Absolutely. <laughs> all the vegan food. Yes. As a matter of fact, when I vacation, like that is the vacation. That's me going to find vegan food other places. Like right. <laughs> that's of course. That's it. That's it. Happy, but be burning a hole in happy cow. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I want to know this too, like as far as rotating the menu, because I know that last time I went to eat at the restaurant, I will be back next weekend. Hey. <laughs> yes, I'm going to have to let you know. But I'm going to be back next weekend so you can have some food for me. But that's the thing. That last day I was there, I wanted the chicken sandwich again and it wasn't there. You had rotated the menu. Yeah. So what made you decide to rotate the menu? Is it just easier for like your inventory and things like that, making sure you have things? Or how does that look as far as that? Because I feel like certain things should be on there all the time, like that chicken sandwich. So, you know. <laughs> yes. And you know what? So let's go back to the I'm in South Carolina thing, right? So if I were in Atlanta, I could probably have a restaurant no, I could definitely have a restaurant and offer the exact same menu every day. And I could do it here too, but it puts me a little bit at a disadvantage because there are maybe about two or three other vegan restaurants here, right? I have to keep people on their toes. I have to, I have to, most of my customers eat with me four or five times a week. If you could believe wow. that, like literally, yeah. I feel better because I was like, Monique, you're a little greedy. Like, what are you doing? Oh, <laughs> I feel better. I feel better. <laughs> it's so funny. And after the first week where they're there, like three or four days in a row, they're like, I know, I know, I'm back again. And we're like, no, this is what we want. You should be from the market. But, you know, because they're coming at such a frequency, they're not going to want to eat a chicken sandwich, you know, every day for four days. Um, that's not true because I wanted to <laughs> <laughs> listen. That day you would have been like, okay, y'all, what else we got? You know what I mean? That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so what I try to do now is at least offer a couple of options, and and the fried chicken sandwich because it is so popular, we usually save it for the weekend when we have folks traveling in from out of town. The point of rot rotating the menu is to expose people to, you know, a bunch of different stuff, like a bunch. of So maybe you've tried the fried chicken sandwich, but you've never had a veggie burger or you've never had the crab cakes or you've never had the lasagna or you know what I mean? Like, so you, there, you, you're going to want to try all of these things at some point. It'll keep you coming back, you know? That is so true, especially because if somebody who is brand new and they're trying to figure out how to transition and they think, OK, maybe the that the chicken sandwich was the win, but exactly. everything else wouldn't be a win. Exactly. So giving them that variety. Oh, this is smart. I love it. I love it. Thank you. It. Absolutely. So outside of the chicken sandwich, which we, we know is so good. Mm -hmm. What other items are really popular? We have a bacon cheeseburger. What? And that one has actually won Best Veggie Burger on, in the Free Times, which is our local, you know, little publication for two years in a row. 
Uh, and you know how many restaurants have veggie burgers now. You know what I mean? Like everybody and their mama. <laughs> That's all they have, right? Exactly. Exactly. So we've been able to kind of maintain the crown for that, which is awesome. Yes. That's awesome. actually the when I when I started the food truck, when we started to travel, that was the first sandwich that we debuted. And people would line up for it. And so, you know, that's that one's kind of a, you know, a customer favorite. And then we have a Philly cheesesteak which was mm-hmm. has been a favorite from the from before we renovated. And that one people love as well. It's we call it the Monster Philly cheesesteak. It's a huge 7-inch hoagie stuffed with <laughs> yeah, protein, peppers, onions, and some cheese and it's just delicious. So that one's a customer favorite. We've got a meatball parm sub. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, not par- meatball parm. I'm thinking of the chicken parm that's coming soon. We've got a meatball marinara sub. We've got a crispy fish sandwich. We have the crab cakes today. So just, you know, I, I, want I to- saw that. And I was like, I know you told me to hit you up when I get there. And I'm like, hold up. I saw that. I saw the crab cake and the fish. I was like, I might have to have to get both and then, you know, warm it up later for the next. Meal. Absolutely. And, <laughs> and those, those repeat really well. But, you know, essentially what I want to do is just make sure that people know that whatever is out there, there is a vegan alternative for it, for sure. You know? Yeah, that's so important because people do think that's all we have is salads and smoothies and they don't really realize there's so much variety. Exactly. Exactly. And that's usually what happens. People get bored with it or they can't find enough to eat. And they're like, well, I tried to be vegan, but I couldn't find anything to eat. And that's like, okay, now, how hard were you looking? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's, a lot of it is just, you know, you 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 jumped out there without necessarily doing the research and, and you, you will get hungry if it's just rice and beans that you're eating and you aren't really, you know, exploring what there is. So, you know, we always like to be the place where if you're just starting out and you're looking for vegan food, this kind of gives you a comfort to like, OK, there'll be some food that I can eat and it will be filling and I will be fine. <laughs> And it'll be fun food too. Cause I think that's the thing that people think they're going to lose out on is like enjoying their food. And they think that we don't enjoy our food. True. Yes. And I think we might enjoy it more. Like, you know, <laughs> finally found something vegan. That's amazing. Some cheese fries, honey. The first time I had cheese fries and ranch dressing, which I make in the house, I was like, Oh, okay. Well this is, you know, hey. I could do this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let's kind of switch gears a little bit. I want to know, kind of go back, and I want to know as far as you leaving your corporate job and starting the business. Kind of, I say starting the business, even though I know you you took over what your dad was doing. Mm-hmm. How was that for you? Like as far as the mindset shift of becoming an entrepreneur, like it's so easy to stay in our corporate jobs because a lot of times they pay well. We have all of the medical and the 401k and all of those things. Did you have a struggle or was it a little easier for you because you saw your dad be successful with it? That's a great question. I actually grew up like my dad has been an entrepreneur for probably as long as I can remember. And so that has always kind of been present in my life. The jumping out there with the corporate thing was really kind of just to see what it was about. But I don't like people telling me what to do, you know, <laughs> which is, you know, not a perfect match for corporate America. Like there are rules that you have to follow and, you know, it's just what it is. And so I've had a couple of corporate jobs and they, they, they usually end when I'm tired of instruction, you know, right. <laughs> and so 
the, the kind of stepping into owning the business because I, I had a business prior to this restaurant. I used to have a, a little cultural shop. Oh. Yeah. For a couple of years before my son was born. So, you know, I, I had done it before, but retail is a lot different from restaurant. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, oh, yes, yes. A lot, you know, a lot of behind the scenes stuff that you don't, that most people don't even consider, you know, the, the, the restaurants are very involved and they're very taxing and it's beautiful because you're bringing something, you're giving people something, you're helping them sustain themselves, but it does take quite a lot out of you, you know? Absolutely. And that's why my next question was going to be, what do you do for fun? Like, are you, have you, there's no such thing I feel like of as life, as far as work and life balance, especially as an entrepreneur, and right. that, especially in the restaurant <laughs> space. Like there's no, like I'm serious. Have you been able to like carve out some time for yourself through that? Or are you still kind of <laughs> figuring everything out? <laughs> oh, I guess the answer is no, because you're laughing. No. But, but I, but that's definitely something that I know I must do from, you know, trying from, from opening. Okay. So renovation, right? food truck, which is travel. So we're on the road all the time and working out of a commissary kitchen. And, you know, that's all of that's very, very taxing. And then we reopen in February of 2020, the next month COVID hits. So it's like, okay, everything that you were doing, don't do that anymore. Let's, you know, transition completely. So I've been kind of going super, super hard for several, several years. And Mm. I, you know, I'm getting older and like that pace just isn't healthy. So the work-life balance thing is definitely something that I am working on right now. And I I, I want to get to a point where I I actually have some (laughs) because there's no balance. You know what I mean? I know, I know. Like carving out some time for yourself (laughs) to do something outside of work. Right, right. That is on my agenda. Yeah. So my last question before we wrap up is I want to know, like, what are you looking forward to? I know if you said that you're looking for more, carving out more time for yourself for sure, but is there anything else you're looking forward to as far as growing your business over the next several years? Absolutely. I get requests all the time to come to surrounding cities from Charleston to Charlotte to Atlanta, you know, wherever we set up the food truck, people are like, man, when are you going to open up here? So I'm definitely considering, you know, branching out a bit in the South because that's what I'm familiar with. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> New York would be yes. nice, but I have, you know, I have no clue about what, you know, how things go up there. So I'm going to stay close to home, but... In the um, South needs it. We need. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm considered the South too because I'm in Virginia. But okay, yeah. people always say I'm not. They say that I'm not the South, but whatever. I am. <laughs> but yes, you're absolutely right. I mean, New York has a million options. You know, know when it comes that. to yeah. LA, Chicago, all those places have a million options, right. and the South doesn't have enough. We've been talking about that. So yeah, yes, I love that. You yeah. should definitely do it. <laughs> it was such a pleasure to get to know you and learn more about your amazing restaurant. I will be there, like I said, next weekend. So tell all of my listeners how they can get their own piece of soul. Absolutely. And I do want to thank you for having me on this. This was really sweet. And it's, it's amazing to come from someone who's actually been to the restaurant. So thank you. Yes. Of course, of course. <laughs> Welcome. We are at 2338 Main Street in Columbia, South Carolina. We're right downtown, really close to the highway. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Peace of Soul SC, and Peace is spelled P E A C E.
Yes. Thank you so, so much for being on the show. I really enjoyed our conversation and I hope to see you soon. I know I'm going to be seeing your food, but I hope to visit with you soon. (laughs) Thank you. Sounds amazing. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the show. If you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts to make it easy for others to find us. Also, tell a friend. Be sure to share the episode on your Instagram stories and tag Brown Vegan. Thank you so much for your support and I'll talk to you next week. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.